0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode. Uh, my name is Jason Scaff, and you are listening to Into the Creepy and the Bizarre. Now, what I have for you is all tonight, I have uh, about seven stories to share with you of my time as a paranormal investigator and um, I would like to share them with you and hopefully it's entertaining to you now these these seven in particular they wasn't what you say Super creepy... Or scary... But... uh, They were very memorable... Uh, Some investigations that I I really enjoyed... And... uh, I'd like to share them all with you tonight... And... uh, Hopefully you'll get a kick out of it... Or... Learn something or... Just... Been entertained or try to kill some time at the house or wherever and need something to listen to whatever it may be thank you so the first one I like to share with you tonight it took place in Greenup County Kentucky way out there in the middle of nowhere um, we got called in to do an investigation so we drove and it seemed like we drove for hours but you know it really wasn't that far but it felt that way um the clients that we that we had was they owned this real pretty house this little brick house so we showed up there with all of our equipment with the team ready to hop in and pulling an all nighter. Well, we showed up and uh the client was talking to us and and she said, "Well, the ever the claims was not uh at her house in particular. It was uh on her property." So she told us how to get to this location. We didn't have to drive, unfortunately. It was colder than crap outside. It's probably around uh, November, December, maybe January. Whatever it was, we froze our asses off at night. Well, anywho, we walked out her front door and we walked up the road carrying a assload of equipment. Well we we finally reached this small footpath on the side of the road that heads back into the woods. Now this path didn't look you know, like really worn, well traveled or anything. So here we are traipsing down this path in the middle of the night in the in the dark, you know it's in the woods you can barely see in front of you. And we finally came to the end of the path, which opened up in this big old huge hayfield. Well, we started into the hayfield. with shine lights across the field and everything, and they had to been at least two dozen orange eyes reflecting off of our lights. And if you're if you're a hunter or know anything about being out in the woods or anything, that predator's eyes will light up red or orange. Well, these eyes was probably two, three foot off the ground. So, whatever it was, they they was big. So, my friend, he jerked out his pistol, his 40 caliber uh, Ruger, he cranked off a few rounds across that field. These eyes disappeared. So it was probably either coyotes or something like that. Well, we had a little bit of exciting excitement for the you know the start of that night. So we walked across this swampy, muddy part and finally got to dry land. And to the other side of this big old huge hayfield was these small uh, brick buildings that was collapsed on top. On, well, wasn't all the way collapsed, but you know they was the floors was rotted through, and some of the walls was was down. And these were slave quarters, I guess back during slavery. That's where they kept the slaves at, away from the house. <laughs> well, we was out there, and we have our EVPs. Which is electric... Voice phenomenon... Electronic voice phenomenon... It's a... Uh, pretty much a voice recorder... Just a fancy word to say that... Well anyways... Uh, one of the lead investigators of our group... There was three of us... Three lead investigators... And we had... Uh, let see... One... Two... About... Four... Investigators... And one guest coming with us, which is one of the, uh, investigator's girlfriends. Well, we, was investigating, and we done some controls, which, the control, control questions was, we stood in a, in a circle, and one person asked three questions, wait a minute, or two, and let, the next person has three questions. Giving them a couple minutes in between each question. So we can get maybe hopefully get an answer for it. Well, we played it back and uh, we had a few voices. You couldn't tell exactly what they were saying. But you can tell they was. Uh, uh, well, I don't know how. My well, voices of, of slaves. Well, one, and, uh, I, I don't want to imitate it because it would sound racist if I did. Well, anyways, it was, it said cutie pie. I don't know who he was talking to, but apparently he thought one of us was cute. (laughs) (sighs) but anyways, uh. One of our lead investigators, she got feeling kind of nauseous and sick at her stomach, which is the high level, can be done by a high level of electromagnetic field. (coughs) Excuse me. And uh, so I volunteered to walk her probably about a mile and a half, two miles out of the woods and back to the house so she can, you know, warm up, and, uh, get feeling better, and, uh, well, I, I walked back, was out there, and investigated for about maybe three, four, five hours, and we thought, you know, we'll, uh, we'll walk back, take us a break, uh, go to this house and get warmed up a little bit, and, uh, we'll keep half at the house and the other half out in the field to investigate after our break well our camera technician guy he told us to go ahead and go ahead and uh, he'll be with us shortly well apparently we all went to the house and (laughs) we forgot about the guy You know, that's not very professional. That's not very smart. But, uh... We was out there. We waited and waited and waited. And finally, this dude showed up at the house. Froze to the bone. Apparently, his flashlight stopped working. He left his batteries in the vehicle... So that was, and, uh, so he was trying to build my little fire to warm up out there. He tore his zippo loose and apart and he got the, uh, the cotton out of the bottom of it. So, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he had to fight through all that brush and the darkness to make it back to the house. He came in, he peeled off his, uh, motorcycle boots peeled off them socks stuck his feet close to the fire because they had a nice little fireplace there and uh well I guess he stuck his feet into the fire he burned his feet I know that's, that's not funny but uh it was comical how it all came down well uh to make a long story short... he suffered the rest of the night... with burnt feet... and... uh, so... uh, after our break... we had... two... teams... uh, of... three or four... I don't remember... it's been years ago... in two separate locations... and... uh, they really didn't get nothing... in the house... just maybe a few knocks... Yeah, a couple footprint foot footsteps. But that field We we've gotten maybe six or seven different voices throughout the night in this field. Oh, excuse me. And uh on our way back out of the out of the woods because we're ready to go home. So whatever it was in the brush up on the hill through uh Ooh, a big old limb down at us crashing through the brush just almost hitting us so our camera technician guy he pulled out his pistol once again he fired about six rounds up on the hill and it's like uh, it it's, it's sound like a bull a big bull went tearing through the brush up, up through the up on the hill higher, away from us, and we had no more experiences from that situation than that. So uh, we got to the, we got back to the house. We gathered up all of our equipment, and uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, our experiences with with one another. And the house was boring and the other team was mad because they wasn't out there in the field but they're also they was glad so they would not freezing their tail end off um so we loaded up and we came back to the house and uh that Saturday which was the next day because we do an investigation no I'm sorry the the next day was church Monday is when we weld the evidence and that's when we... Picked up the... A few growls... Uh... What our like children... Giggling and playing... And uh... Some, some other... Uh... Funky sounds... So I, I can't tell you... I, I couldn't tell you what it was... Or where it came from... Or... Whatever... So that's the uh, end of that story I know it doesn't sound too exciting but you know you you would have to be there for this situation but it, it was it was fun it was really fun and was able to give the clients a peace of mind and we didn't make a copy as we do every investigation we do we make a copy for the clients Excuse me. Um, (laughs) Our second investigation... um, (laughs) We... It's a short one. We got called out... With all these different claims to... Come and do this investigation. Up here in Raceland, Kentucky. And, um... We... Showed up at the house and this guy came to the door. wouldn't open the door, but you could see him on the other side smoking. And the client told us, asked us why we was doing there. And we didn't tell her. Well, we told her we were doing the investigation. She said, well, that's a meth house. Well, we left and uh, we heard on the scanner that the house was busted that same night. It wasn't an hour after we left. (laughs) Good thing we wasn't there. Now, this one investigation that we done, it was, uh, in, uh, Ironton, Ohio. That's where it was at. It it wasn't, uh, anything, what you say, good. A couple of voices here and there that wasn't real clear. Wasn't class A EVPs, but you couldn't really tell what they was, so... We were on the front porch, deciding if we want to call the investigation the investigation short or not. Well, me and one of the investigator's sister was on the swing on the front porch, and one of the other investigators came over and sat down. The swing tore loose from the ceiling. We all three swerved the ground, and this big uh, six by six beam that was holding that swing up came down crashing us on top of the head see so here's all three of us laying there with our domes hurting and one of the ladies head got cut open by the beam and uh it was that was uh, a <laughs> that was pretty wild that was pretty messed up now we did investigation on that property, and uh, we got ran out of the woods by something we couldn't see or smell or anything like that. We it was growls, and here it, it's it's like it was tearing down. It's it's like a bunch of uh, lumberjacks in there tearing down the brush. That started freaking out the investigators. So we got the hell out of there and we got back to the house. And a woman said, uh, was telling us a story about this thing they call the Hillbilly Beast. And uh, now I, th- I always heard about being here in Kentucky, but I didn't hear about being in Ohio or anyplace else. But uh, so that, that was pretty exciting for that, because, uh, (coughs) excuse me, I'm still all snotted up from whatever is wrong with me, but, uh, like I was saying, it was, it was pretty exciting, uh, let's see here, um, Oh. we've done this investigation in Grayson, Kentucky. Uh, really good people. end up being good friends of ours. And we investigated this place many times. Uh, one of the investigators that we had was sitting there on the couch where he was wearing a pair of shorts. It was summertime. It wasn't... It wasn't uh, which say too hot that night. But we were sitting there on the front on, on the um, on the couch and we were doing controls. <laughs> we just in, in the dark we heard what sounded like Velcro tearing and he screamed down the floor he went, holding his leg, rolling around. And I thought, What the hell is wrong with this dude? <laughs> we kicked on the lights. <laughs> And he had a big old ball spot ripped down his leg hairs. Let me tell you, this guy looked like he had wool socks on. That's how hairy his legs is. And he had a nice uh quarter size, 50 cent size uh ball spot in that, in that leg where something ripped his leg hairs out. <laughs> and uh, you know, we, we kind of rode them over that, we made fun of them, we picked on them all night over that, it was hilarious, and, uh, (laughs) we was, we went down to the basement, and, uh, that's where we got our first ever class A photo, it was a man standing down there, uh, Looked like he was dressed like maybe the 60s, late 60s, early 70s. And um, <laughs> we got that on on camera, a snapshot. I had a Bell and Howell, uh night vision snapshot camera. They're not real expensive, but it does a good job. It did the job that I needed to do anyways. So uh we was all on edge after that, we was all excited, and I noticed in the corner of my eye a black silhouette standing up beside of me. For some reason, the first reaction I had was turn and knock the hell out of it. So I did, jacking my hand up. We uh, shining a flashlight over there it was a wooden Santa Claus So uh <laughs> that uh that wasn't embarrassing at all in front of the clients. The clients thought it was funny there was they were good people. <coughs> and uh they they liked us so much they they just keep having us come back and many, many, many times. But the house, I'm telling you, it was really, really active. Uh, at one point, we had to actually do a blessing on this house because uh, their daughter—they slept in the basement. That, this one daughter did. Had to fix it fixed up real nice. It was comfy, uh, but something attacked her down there, wasn't really sure exactly what it was, but, uh, she was, she was all scared and distraught, so we came out that night, and, uh, we done, we performed, a, a blessing on the place, and, uh, till this day, she hasn't had any more trouble, Um... Let's see... Now there's one place in... Portsmouth, Ohio... It was on uh, uh, Lincoln Street... It was with our... First... My first uh, group... That I was a member of... The one that me and my wife... Started and was tucked over from us... Uh... That has to be the most active house that I've been at. Uh, we started upstairs. And this one bedroom, it was... No one lived in this house. It was been renovated. But we, got, we had permission from the owners. But this one bedroom floor gave you a fun house effect. It was kind of tilted. Not a lot, but it just... To the point that it just kind of throws you off center, you you know something's up with that floor. Well, we came out of that room, started in the dark, crossed the hallway into the next room, and there was an old woman's voice screamed, and we all heard it Get out of here! I mean, it was like, Get out of here! Real, real blood curdling distraught, angry, mean voice, well, it caught me off guard when it done that, and I just slapped slapped myself in reverse about back on top of three of our investigators, we, uh, quickly got our composure, and right back into that room we went, and, uh, we got a little girl in there crying, we picked up on the voice recorder. She, she was crying, and uh, we picked up a man's voice that said, "Shut up!" You know, I was really, really crazy. Uh, we uh, we was upstairs for maybe 45 minutes. At the most. And uh, so we came back downstairs. And, and this house was big. It was a Victorian style home. <coughs> we went into the kitchen. We got some scratching. In, in the walls in there. But that was easily debunked. As maybe mice or rats in the walls. So we really couldn't. Use that as. Evidence. And we started through, and the kitchen door swung open by itself. We thought, "Sweet, this is, this is really good." And now uh, the the hinges on the door was kind of off, and I guess things shifted as we walked through, and uh, and kind of unstuck the door, and it came open. Uh, let's see. I'm. I'm it, this has been many years, I'm trying to remember it, oh, we, we went in this dining room, and this one whole wall was like a cabinet, really pretty cabinet, and we saw a reflection of a man in the glass, standing there, was watching this real puzzled look, like, what the hell are you doing in my house, look, you know, uh, and we found out the story about this dude. Can't give names, as as I was telling you. Uh, apparently, he drowned his daughter. She was probably maybe 12. He beat her and drowned her in the bathtub. Or the kitchen sink. It was one of them. Well, anyways, uh, he he made... Our life interesting that night. And kind of hellish as well. Uh, we had a big pile of. Little stuffed toys. We put in a pile. And we put a camera on it. We have on film. Of these toys slowly moving into a perfect circle. And. Uh, uh, what was it? I'm I'm sorry it's it's about one o'clock in the morning and I'm trying to remember all this it's been a busy 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 day um well (coughs) we put we put the toys out uh, back into the pile again and lo and behold they would they ended up being back into a circle after we came back into the room And, uh, again, we got, we picked up the girl on audio, saying, please help me. And the guy that was in our group, he was clairvoyant. So, he helped, uh, uh these spirits cross over into whatever, wherever their destination was, was going to be. But, uh, before that, uh, we were sitting, I believe, yeah, we was in the front room, we were sitting there doing controls, and bam, 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 about six good hard knocks on the front door, scared the hell out of us. I mean, we was, I'll be honest with you, i about crapped on myself, so I jumped up and opened that door and there was a police officer standing there wanting to know why are we there in the house we explained everything to him and surprise to our surprise uh he wasn't a jerk about it he he stood there he talked to us about maybe half an hour about his experiences that he had growing up and everything it was pretty interesting and uh Yes, again. Do we have permission to be in this house? Thankfully, we had the client's uh, sheet, the client sheet, with the phone up, the contact phone number, and address, and everything. The cop called it up, and uh, we 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 know we was good. So, if you guys ever going to do an investigation, have a client contact sheet made up printed up, and had the client fill every bit of it out. this will save your hind in a lot of grief Um. another investigation that we uh, did that i I, I really felt enjoyable and this also was in Portsmouth, Ohio at Offner uh Offner Cemetery, and I'm telling you, this cemetery is massive. It was a massive cemetery. Well, we got—they wouldn't let people in there to do ghost hunts, so we was kind of reworded it as uh, take some nighttime photography, and you know, that was that was kind of cool about that part. So, we went in, and, uh, the whole place gave a creepy vibe to it, in a way, so it wasn't because it was a cemetery, it just, I don't know, it was, like, more like, uh, being watched, heavily been watched, and, um, many times throughout the night, we got glimpses glimpse of stuff in the corny eyes. Darting behind trees. Behind headstones and stuff. And, uh... End up catching one on film. Which turned out to be a shadow person. Now, a shadow person... <coughs> a lot of people will say, Well, it's black. It's evil. It's just solid black. Well... There we have i've heard many theories on this the reason why it shows up black and like a shadow it's this is a spirit in in still in the spirit realm but it's pressed up against the walls of the fabric of our reality and uh which will put off like like uh, it's a shadow or something evil and stuff like that not, I'm not saying that not all shadow people was not evil. They're a, a ghost is the same whether alive or when they was dead. So, if there's a good person when there's alive, they're, they're gonna be a good person in death, too. If you're an asshole or, or an evil person, you'll be the same way in death. Well, anyways, uh. I pulled up my, again, Bail and Howell snapshot camera, night vision. And I was, I stood there taking photos. And when, if I take a photo of something, I usually do it by threes. Three photos, take one picture, count to three, take another picture, count to three again, take another picture. Like that. And, um, in, in one of those pictures, I got a man in a, in it, had brown pants on, long sleeve, white shirt was kind of frilly on the cuffs of it, and uh, it looked like he was looking as the first photo. The second photo, he wasn't there, you know, in, in the same spot. He was at a different headstone, but looked like he was turned sideways looking. Like, towards the hospital up on the hill. But both photos, you could not see a face. And, uh... thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, about middle ways throughout the night, one investigator after another start feeling sick, nauseous, and everything. So, we... We figured, well, we got enough evidence, and we left. Well, we, we got back, and we were so excited, we went ahead and uh, started going over evidence that night. It wasn't real late. It was about 10 o'clock at night when we got back. And uh, the only evidence we got was those two snapshot photos of this guy and uh, that shuttle person on film. and, uh, but that, that was, I don't know, that was, that was good enough for me, I was happy, I was content, two of the investigators was kind of disappointed, and aggravated, and everything, but that's okay, well, that's all, tonight on this show, And, uh, I do apologize for being so short, but I hope y'all enjoy this and, and, uh, please, uh, come back to another episode of Into the Creepy and the Bizarre. Have a good night.